0: Uh, work through a lot of the ideas that we're going to talk about. Uh, I'm excited because it's starting very soon, and I would love for you to sign up. I'm going to put a link in the show notes. I'll see you there. If I asked you, what are you looking for in life? How would you respond? Do you desire money, power, health, peace of mind, maybe everything? Hi, I'm Rabbi Yisrael Bernath, and welcome to my Daily Torah Thoughts. Today, I want to take a page out of a book by Rabbi Aaron Lane. He says he's asked this question hundreds of times, and people give all types of answers. But no matter the response, it usually boils down to happiness. If you lack health or peace, this usually affects your happiness. If you can't pay the rent, if you can't pay the grocery bill, or your children's school tuition, this creates anxiety that doesn't permit you to be happy. By nature or nurture, happiness is something we all seek. We all want to be happy. We can't stand to suffer anxiety or pain or or sadness or loss or anything else that makes us feel bad. So how do we get happiness? Can we buy it in the mall? Does it have a price? As absurd as it sounds, many people do believe that happiness can be purchased. They spend their money trying to obtain it. They confuse momentary pleasure with true happiness. Eventually, they become addicted to the rush they get from buying a new pair of sunglasses or a new car. When the rush is over, they need to do something else to bring it back. But at the end of the day, happiness isn't measured by how many things you can buy or what you've accomplished. So, where does it come from? Is there a secret formula? It seems that some people are just born happy, and the rest of us don't stand a chance. And yes, people do exist who are naturally happier than others, just as there are optimists and pessimists and extroverts and introverts. Sociable and unsociable people. Still, happiness is within everyone's reach. There's no guarantee, of course. But unless a person has a chemical imbalance or a disorder that prevents them from feeling joy, Every human being can be happy. Our sense of self is shaped primarily by our childhood, our upbringing, and our family structure. We receive these building blocks of our self-esteem as children, and we need them to help us deal with life's challenges. Still, as adults, whether or not we had a strong, positive sense of self as children, we still seek things that make us feel good, things that boost our self-esteem. Rabbi Dr. Abraham Twersky writes that people who suffer from low self-esteem, unless they do something about it, are usually not upbeat and joyful. He continues, understandably, they suffer from what is popularly known as identity problems, feelings of worthlessness that are devastatingly depressing. It becomes evident that self-esteem is essential for happiness. It is precisely the things that strengthen self-esteem, such as having a good marriage, or a successful career, or a nice lifestyle, that produce long-term happiness. On the other hand, things that do not strengthen self-esteem will never make us happy, no matter how much we have. Yes, self-esteem and happiness are interdependent. Long-term happiness is built on a foundation of a strong positive self-image A person who is satisfied with who she is, what she has, and her accomplishments is a happy person. People with a positive self-image are more likely to take chances, to deepen relationships, to learn and grow. Those with a low self-esteem, on the other hand, have trouble forming close, lasting relationships. They become paralyzed at the idea of trying new things. And in severe circumstances, they even stop functioning altogether. If self-esteem is the basis of happiness, then clearly our socioeconomic class doesn't necessarily correspond to our level of happiness. People can be poor and happy. They can be wealthy and miserable. It's how we view ourselves and our lives that determines our state of mind. Ask yourself, am I happy with what I have or do I expect more from my life? My job, my family, my home, my status? Do they fulfill my expectations? Or do I want to be someone else or somewhere else? Whether it's material things like a luxury car or a spiritual accomplishment like peace of mind, what you view as valuable is the scale that measures your level of happiness. The problem in today's society is we tend to judge our worth by others by others' parameters. We look at someone else's job, someone else's family, someone else's house and car and health and status or fame as a measure of our own. It's a natural tendency, but not a very productive one. Our self-esteem fluctuates depending on our feeling of achievement and success at the moment. What it all boils down to is that happiness depends on your perception. In other words, your self-worth is established by your mindset, by how you view yourself and what you have. In turn, your self-worth contributes to your sense of well-being and happiness. There's a saying, money is not happiness, it's the step before happiness. We live in a material world, and a great percentage of people believe that their self-worth is tied to the material worth. They believe that if only they had money, they would be happy. There's a story about a famous actor who had made it to the top and committed suicide, and left this suicide note, in which he wrote, I thought if I made it to the top, I would be happy. But when I got there, there was nothing there. You see, he thought if he'd have fame, if he'd have wealth, and everything money could buy, he would be happy. When he had it all, he realized that it didn't really fulfill him. He still wasn't happy. So when we say that we're pursuing happiness, what we're really saying is that we're looking for things that will boost our self-esteem. But since our self-esteem depends on our perception of our self-worth, if our self-worth is tied to our material possessions or physical accomplishments, then our happiness will hinge on what we have rather than who we are. I'm Rabbi Yisrael Bernath. Have a fantastic day.